Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America. I know it's the weekend. It's Saturday. You're not expecting to hear my voice. You're probably out wanting to mow the lawn, have a drink on the back porch, cook up some of those great Kansas City steaks, right? Well, guess what? News is breaking out. What's going on in Cuba is an enormous moment in world history. We have waited 60 or 70 years for a moment to see if the Cuban people can free themselves from the communist regime that has repressed them since the day that the Castro brothers took power. Uh, And over the last week, there are signs that this could be a perestroika moment like that, which struck the Soviet Union and befelled the Soviet Union for a more free set of republics. Or it could be the Green Revolution that the Obama administration failed to fully engage in Iran in 2009 and 10. And as a result, it was repressed and Iran remains under the tyrannical rule of those Iranian mullahs. We don't know, but the people of Cuba are speaking, they're agitating, they're begging for freedom, they're resisting censorship, resisting the economic repression and incompetence of the communist regime that has governed their island for 60 plus years. And we have a special guest to make sense of it all. That's why we're doing a special edition on a Saturday. I know I'm intruding on your weekend. Give me a chance to make a good case. And I have just the case to make. Why? I've got one of the greatest journalists covering Cuba in the world today. Her name is Halette Frahella. She runs the site ADN Cuba down in Miami. Uh, She's an American journalist, an expat from Cuba who fled Cuba, became a refugee lawfully in the United States. She and her family have been enemies of the state of Cuba for a long time. Her grandfather was imprisoned after the Bay of Pigs. You have a family here today that has enormous stake in there and a journalist who's covering it neutrally with a great perspective, great sources on the ground. We're going to ask her all the questions you've been asking us at Just the News. So we're going to do a quick commercial break here from our great sponsors. When we come back, our exclusive interview with Halette Frahella, the great journalist covering Cuba for ADN Cuba. She's the entrepreneur who started that great web news site. Check it out if you haven't done it. You're going to get to hear from Halette in just a second. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. 
They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest who really knows the frontline story of Cuba. I mean, knows it personally because she fled the island as a young girl and she has been covering Cuba for many years as a professional journalist. Joining us for the first time on John Solomon Reports is Halette Frajela. Halette, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for having me and thank you for making this space to talk about such an important issue for us Cubans. And um, I'm really glad to be here with you and your audience today. Well, you have been an extraordinary journalist and and your journalism credentials are unchallengeable and and you've created this amazing product out of Miami called ADN Cuba, which is a great Hispanic news site covering the news of Cuba and its expats here in America and abroad. But you started your life in Cuba and your story is so compelling as as a young girl, what you you did and what your family did and your journey to America to, to come here legally. I'd love to just have you tell everyone a little bit about where you started, how you got your start in journalism, and and why today you're a journalist covering Cuba. Definitely. Thank you so much. Yes, I I left the island in 1994 as a political refugee with my family, my father, who was a lawyer, my mother, who was an English teacher, and and my sister. And we, we left the island and we seek asylum in Costa Rica. My mother was the daughter of a political prisoner who fought in Bay of Peak. And my grandfather spent many, many years in prison in, in Cuba. And sadly, he died in Cuba many years ago without seeing it free. The same goes for many of members of my family. And sadly, that's a, that's a situation that a lot of Cubans have had to endure for like over 60 years, you know, waiting for freedom. I remember when I was a child, we left with nothing more than a suitcase, $200, took it full of books and a flag that was folded with the dream of one day being able to raise it when Cuba was free. And it's been 27 years since that moment, and, and we haven't been able to achieve that dream. So the protest and everything that happened in the island uh, in recent days and this past week has been really symbolic for us because Cuba lives in a fake reality. And that, that's the commonality for all communist regimes. We saw it in the Soviet Union. They portrayed and they sent to the world this fake idea and fake reality, this falseness. And people usually don't really understand what's going on, because unless you come from a communism and you had to endure what communism does to your life and the double standards and, and, the, and the lies that you had to learn to say just to survive, it's really difficult to understand what's going on. Many years ago, I decided to, to create this website, which is called ATN Cuba. I was working in mainstream and on the way these issues were covered and they were covered even here in America, even in Costa Rica where I grew up. I, I, it was sad for me and it was frustrating to see some, some of my friends, even people that I went to college with, being sympathetic with this regime without understanding the reality of what the Cuban people has been living for so many years. Now, it is remarkable. And anyone who hasn't had a chance to check out Idian Cuba, it is a must read. It is a fantastic news site. 
it is the place where you can get the true pulse of Cuba and the true pulse of all the expats that have fled the island uh, and, and long for its uh, soon and impending freedom, I think, where it's headed in that course. Um, I want to talk a little bit. It's pretty fair to say that your family uh, was considered uh, enemies by the Cuba, uh, the communist uh, uh, Castro regime, right? That's why you had to flee. Well, yeah, my my family, the situation in Cuba, when you have somebody in your family, we have many political prisoners in my family. My grandfather fought in Bay of Sig and was sent to prison waiting for Kennedy to send the weapons. It was one of the saddest moments of, for many Cubans when that happened and we couldn't reach our freedom. And what happens is when, when a member of your family is sent to prison in Cuba, it doesn't only affect them, it affects everybody around them. I remember my grandmother, who was a biologist, she was never able to um, work again for decades and because she was the wife of a political prisoner. And the same one for my mother. My mother couldn't study what she wanted to study because she was the daughter of a political prisoner. So with time, everybody just learned to hide that and learned to hide that stigma just in order to survive. My father was a lawyer and he had a lot of issues in many trials because he didn't agree with the government. He started talking for the international press being in Cuba. So the situation was really difficult and it's really difficult for anybody who descends in Cuba. I mean, there's so many brave people right now in Cuba that are raising their voices and the level of repression that I see with the journalists that work with us it's unbelievable. It's every day, every every single day they have police cars in front of their houses to mm. prevent them from leaving the island. I mean, now basically the, the Cuban regime has said that our site and two of my colleagues are responsible for this uh, protest and for this hashtag that, that sort of uh, began everything. And it's just the way they, they hide and they create these false realities and they manipulate truth. It's unbelievable. And I'm glad that for once, I think a lot of people around the world are seeing that they're true colors. They have seen what we have been seeing for decades, you know, the arrest, the forced disappearance. We have over 200 people disappear right now. And that's just the ones that we have been able to tell their names that we're still trying to corroborate and confirm by other sources. And I'm glad that a lot of people are, are waking up and understanding the dangers of communism the dangers that have done to people's lives, and that how we must all fight back against this Marxist ideas and this polarization. It is a remarkable thing. There's been a narrative since this protest, since this rejection of communism in Cuba resurrected itself in a very public way over the last week, 10 days. Um, there's a narrative for some here uh, on the left in America that Cuba actually loves the, the situations and communism has been good for Cuba and that the only real problem and the only economic crisis that Cuba faces is because America, big bad America, imposed some economic sanctions. Uh, now, the intelligence community tells me that argument is bunk, that uh, the intel is that you know the, the failure of communism to create a sustainable economy is the reason the island is in crisis. But as someone who lived there, who has friends and family that you're in contact with there, uh, is this narrative that the Cuban people love communism and if it weren't for big, bad America, everything would be fine on the island? Is that a true narrative or is that a false narrative? 
That is a false narrative. That is a false narrative. And when people see a lot of uh, Cubans supporting the regime, a lot of them have been threatened. People know that if they don't go to those pro-regime protests, they're, gonna, they're not going to be able to study. They're not going to be able to keep their jobs. And that's what they have seen for decades, this false reality. And let me, let me clarify, this idea that the embargo has caused this, that is just completely untrue. And a lot of Cubans are waking up because the regime has been saying that to the world. They have been sending that message throughout Latin America for many decades. And thank God, a lot of people are waking up. First of all, the embargo doesn't include medicine. The embargo doesn't include food. Cuba has rejected humanitarian assistance many times. Cuba rejected vaccines many times just because they don't really care. They invested all these resources in creating this so-called vaccines when they can't even cure and treat the most basic, the most, most basic disease in the island is cavities. Our people are really going into the hospital for cavities because they or or kids that can't even get their fever down. Why? Because those issues don't make the news. Those issues don't make international headlines. So that's what they focus on on all of this. COVID and sending their doctors overseas, sending the doctors overseas, by the way, in a way that is a modern form of forced slavery. And that has been even declared by the United Nations, because when Cubans send those 30,000 doctors that we have overseas right now, what happened is that no wonder the medical system collapses inside the island because the island doesn't have doctors, because Cuba has sent his personnel outside of the world just to use it as propaganda and also because it gives them a lot of money because they get paid because for that. Because while they get paid, they take 90% of those doctors paid. They take their passports. They, they even control who they can date, who they can see, who they can talk to. And all of that has been very well documented. And it's just unreal that a lot of people are still buying into this narrative that, oh, my God, Cuba's whole system is good. I remember when I saw that Michael Moore's documentary and I, we talked among our friends and like, really? Of course, he went to the one hospital that tourists goes in the island. He didn't go to the hospital. Yeah, of course. I went when I was a kid that they didn't even have the, base, the most basic supplies. So it's sad how many people have helped this regime, this horrible, repressive regime to continue in power and to confuse a lot of young people around the world. Such an important point for people to understand that Cuba has an unbelievable propaganda machine and it can show one hospital that looks like an American hospital and yet the vast majority of patients are languishing in facilities that have, you know, 50, 60 year old technology and capabilities and in, in horrid conditions. And that's something that we have to keep in mind. We used to have reporters in America that looked at Cuba with the appropriate amount of suspicion and, you know, help people understand that what you're seeing may not really be reality. It's a made for TV show. Uh, but today it seems as though we have apologists for Cuba and they're misinforming the American public about the true, true nature. What, instigated this most recent uprising? I mean, um, you, you, you have friends on the ground, family on the ground, sources on the ground. You're an amazing reporter. Why a week or 10 days ago did all of this agitation from the Cuban people begin? Yes, well, that's a very interesting question and, and something everybody's wondering what, what really happened. I think Cuba perestroika has come through thanks to the internet. And I know sometimes people just overestimate the power on the internet, but in a country that has always lived in, in darkness, in informational darkness, that everything was controlled by the government, the press, 
the television, the radio. For the last few years, more Cubans, and people need to remember, Cubans did not have internet until recently, okay? So right. they, they didn't have access to information. And just until two years and a half ago, Cubans had internet on their phones. And that's when everything, everybody started like seeing what was happening around there in their communities. They started communicating more. And I think that was like an awakening for the Cuban people, especially for young people that were born after the Soviet Union collapse that have no allegiance to that system and that has just seen what, you know, the possibilities around the world. They, they have dreams, they have expectations. And it's just, it doesn't add up, right? And when you're seeing what's going on around the world and when you see what's going on around you and the lack of opportunities and the repression toward your friends, uh, obviously a lot of people are started like shifting. And it's very important to understand in America that this was a movement that started by artists. This was a movement, a movement that started by like Cuban artists that were not allowed to express themselves because the government was released a decree 349, which persecuted uh, free expression through art. And instead of putting a lot of regulations, even in, in painters, in, in, in actors, in singers, and filmmakers also, so a lot of people saw protests against this decree 349. And for the last few years, we have seen more and more artists come out and speak out against against the regime. People that were really also risking their comfortable, their status quo, but they just, they had enough. And I think a lot of, through the benefit of having information and independent press in Cuba that to inform the Cuban people. Yeah, very important for us to understand the dynamic. So you just compared this to Perestroika, and of course, that was during the Reagan and Bush years where our administrations here in America encouraged and backed the people on the ground. And that's what gave rise to the fall of the Soviet empire without a shot ever being fired. And uh, we faced a similar moment in 2009 when the green revolution started in Iran. And I think a lot of historians and national security experts look back and say the Obama administration missed an enormous opportunity to perhaps create a free Iran, to create, create the downfall of the mullahs. The mullahs, as we now know from intelligence, were clinging to power and that revolution may not have been able to have been put down had the United States put some more muscle behind uh, the everyday people in Iran that were doing it. But the Iranian mullahs suppressed it, and Iran remains a, um, a, a horrific uh, experience for its own people, uh, a true regime of, of uh, repression. Cuba, the Biden administration could go the perestroika right. It could go the Obama route. What are you seeing as the American response, and is it enough for the people in Cuba to find solidarity with the American government and its people? Sadly, not in my opinion. The Cuban people right now does not need bold statements and tweets. They need action. And it's frustrating because a lot of people are dying. I am afraid that the end goal cannot be the internet. We need the internet, definitely. I agree as a journalist, of course, uh, I understand the benefit of it. And I, I understand and I defend the benefit of information. But at this point, when people, armless people, have been killed on the street, when the Cuban regime has cut off internet to wait for those dark nights to go and get dissidents and activists and protesters out of their homes and arrest them and disappear them, I think we're past the internet right now. And I'm, I'm afraid people are putting too much hope on that. I, I'm really hopeful 
that uh, and I, I hope we can have a stronger response from the Biden administration. There's a lot of frustration in the community right now. A lot of people are in D.C. protesting. People have not stopped protesting in Florida. There was a big phrase that I heard the other day in Miami. There was a protest and they asked for everybody to stop the music. And they said, if Cuba is crying, Miami is also crying. And I think that is the feeling in our community. And I hope uh, Washington, people in Washington and the administration uh, really pays attention to this because this is a golden opportunity. I think they have taken too long. I think they, it, it, the response has been slow. And I think somebody needs to have the bravery to say America stood up for freedom through our history and somebody should defend the Cuban people. The Cuban people deserve to be free. But what a lot of people don't understand is that when Castro got into power, they took everyone's arms. So that's an, that's an entire country that has no weapons. The weapons are on the police hands and the weapons are on the military. Those are the people that have the weapons. Cubans don't have anything. And we saw how many bosses arose from the protest with police dressed as civilians and with like big bats, bats that they cover inside newspapers just to pretend that the protesters were the, the ones trying to provoke um, those riots, which is completely false. And th- there are images that prove that it's false. Oh, yeah, there's Instead no doubt. Going, no doubt. Yeah? No, it's an amazing thing, Alette. As you look out now, as you talk to your experts, people on the ground, people here in the National Security Establishment in the United States, what is the thing that the Biden administration, the United States government could do now to give Cubans the greatest chance in 60, 70 years to have freedom? What what could the United States do, according to your experts, uh, that would tip Cuba into a free country and, and get rid of this communist regime? Well, some people are definitely uh, talking about the need for leadership in the, with the international community, stronger sanctions. Some other people are talking about opening uh, humanitarian aid in Guantanamo. Um, which obviously the, the Cuban regime is gonna is not gonna accept, but I think that's the view of some of some ex people that have been working in this in in this field for a long time that they think it's important to send a message of of support that the U.S. is ready to help. I'm gonna be honest, there are a lot other and a lot of other people in this community asking for a military humanitarian intervention, and 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 I understand why is that. I mean, we have seen how this regime operates. We have seen how they repress people, and we are afraid that this is not going to be fixed or solved in the way a lot of people think. You know, this is not going to be fixed with the Internet. There's actually a petition that uh, I think it has almost 400,000 signatures already asking for the U.S. to, to lead a coalition to intervene in Cuba and help those armless people. So right now, the... There are many different arguments. I, I know that's not a popular view in Washington. I understand why why it isn't, but uh, and and I don't see and I don't see it as a possibility. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think the United States needs to have a stronger um, response to Cuba. It can't just be to work out the internet and 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 send a statement. It needs to have a stronger response internationally with their allies. Very important to hear those words and to understand the moment that America faces here. We have longed for Cuba's freedom for the end of communism 90, 100 miles from our shore for a very long time. And uh, the Biden administration, our U.S. national security apparatus will 
play a big role in determining whether that moment comes or whether it passes without the the moment that I know uh, Hillette and everyone in her community and family are hoping for. It's a remarkable time. How can people follow the great work that you're doing uh, at ADN Cuba? How do we follow you on Twitter and stay in touch with your day-to-day reporting? Thank you. Yes, they can go to Facebook, ADN Cuba. They can also go to ADNCuba.com, which means like Cuba's DNA, Cuba's identity. And they can also follow us on Twitter. It's Cuba ADN also. And if they write ADN Cuba, they can see some of our social platforms and, and, and the website, of course. Well, it's one of the must-read sites, and with everything going on in Cuba right now, check it out. It is an essential read every day, and uh, great journalists we're speaking to. Halette, uh, be safe. Thank you for all you're doing, and we're going to get you back in the show quickly because I have a funny feeling uh, the moment in Cuba is going to be a big story for the next few months. Thank you so much, John, and thanks to your audience for listening. Well, important news, important news from a great journalist delivering it. We'll be talking to you soon. Be safe. Thank you so much, John. Thanks, Halette. All right, folks, you've been listening to Halette for Halette, one of the really great journalists covering Cuba, a Cuban expat, U.S. citizen who has created an incredible website, ADN Cuba, must read, particularly with all that's going on now. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the weekend. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, it is time to go back to your weekend activities. I know I intruded. I beg your forgiveness and your indulgence. But when you have a journalist as great as Helette Frahella on the line you want to get it out by its current and newsy and breaking news. And I think Halette gave you the very latest intelligence this Saturday on what's going on in Cuba, how the Cuban people are reacting to the tepid response from the Biden administration, what needs to be done, the opportunity, what's driving it, and also debunking some of the false reporting and false political memes that those on the left in America have claimed the most false of them is that uh, the Cuban crisis is a result of American sanctions, not the Cuban people's rejection of communism. That is a false narrative. It's about as true as Russia collusion. And you know where that ended up in the wastebasket of dirty political tricks. Hallett gave us a pretty clear answer. The Cuban people are revolting, not because of sanctions, but because they don't want to be repressed. And the more they got a little bit of the free internet the last couple of years, the more they have craved that sort of freedom that we have in America. Keep that in mind. It's worth preserving here. People in Cuba yearn for it because they know how good the American experience is. Here at Just the News, at uh, John Solomon Reports, we stand for the enormous patriots in Cuba who are fighting for freedom, who are fighting to have a country, a republic, just like the great experiment that the American experience is. And uh, we're going to cover this story wall-to-wall with great Super sources like Halette Frahella, great reporter, honest broker, fact gatherer, who has her own personal connection to Cuba, a great 
personal story and a great commitment to neutrality and journalism. Check out her site, ADN Cuba, whenever you get a chance. All right, folks, get back to your weekends. Thank you for letting me intrude. A little bit of breaking news never hurts on a weekend. Check us out throughout the weekend at justthenews.com. We'll have the latest on Cuba and everything else, the Hunter Biden scandal, the news story I broke yesterday on Just the News. We'll have you covered day and night, and we'll be back with a new show on Monday morning.